filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Caligiuri. What's going on? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where I make sure you never have to read a business book again. It's funny, this week I was speaking with a fan of the podcast, and we got together for a coffee, and he told me that the show is very similar to Cole's Notes. You know Cole's Notes, those yellow books that you pick up from the bookstore that summarize those longer, more boring books that we had to read in university or college, uh, Test the Dubervilles or Great Expectations. It condensed those books down to its core golden nuggets so you didn't have to read the book. I love that he brought that up because that's a great way to actually summarize what the podcast is about. When somebody asks what Cut the Crap podcast is, it's like Cole's Notes for business books in the new digital era, in the new podcast era. It's uh, something I'm going to use from now on, actually. So I appreciated that. That was really cool. All right. So today's book, it's a marketing book. Jab, 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 right hook by none other than Gary Vaynerchuk. And I love Gary. I've known Gary for quite some time, and he is a brilliant man. A lot of times people just consider him as, uh, ah, he just got Twitter famous, and he's just really good on social media. The man's better than that. Let's give the man more credit. He started off with a digital marketing company in New York City, 30 people, don't know how much revenue he started with, doesn't matter. Now he's running a marketing firm, same thing, VaynerMedia. It's 350 somewhat people pulling in $60 million a year. So the man knows what he's talking about. So when Gary speaks, we have to listen. We have to listen to those people who have gone before us, who have built something great, and we have to try to find a way to learn something from those people. So I'm excited to break in this book. Now, if you're not a marketing person, let's say you're not a marketing director, a marketing manager, a CMO, you don't have to be any of those to enjoy this book. The principles from this book can be applied, especially if you're in sales. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a C-level executive, these are all good lessons for you to understand so that you know how to approach social media. Our world is growing connected more and more so every single day with these social networks, and it's not going to change. It's only going to become more so. So understanding how to use each one of these pieces and understanding a little bit of the psychology behind it, it's going to be really important for you in the future to maybe look at different social networks from a different perspective. Because right now, the way we look at it is very selfish. It's, okay, we have Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever the next social network that's coming out is. And we always ask ourselves the question, how can I use this to serve my needs? It's all about serving you from a very selfish perspective. We need to flip that around. It's not about us. It's about our marketplace. Now, it all depends. If you're using it from the business perspective, then yes, that's correct. If you're using it from a personal perspective, then hell, Do what the hell you want on it. It doesn't really matter. But if you're trying to get people to take action, if you want people to go to your website, if you're trying to drive sales, then you have to approach social networks a little differently. So this is what this book's about, and I'm excited to break into it. So enough of the chit-chat. Let's do this thing. Golden nugget number one. What's a jab and a right hook? All right, we read the book. It's jab, 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 right hook. We have to figure out, obviously, what the hell he's talking about here. I love the analogy. If you think about a boxer, 
the boxers or the fighters, you know, MMA, think about UFC, the guys that go in there and just swing with right hooks, left hooks, they're throwing big bombs, huge haymakers. How often do they connect? Not very often. They usually gas out, get tired, or when they're fighting somebody who's better than them, they get knocked out themselves. But when you have the really smart fighter, they jab, 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 they pepper you first, and then all of a sudden, they throw that right hook, and it gets them because they set it up for the kill. The same is true in marketing, and Gary uses that boxing analogy to talk about how we distribute content. When marketers, sales professionals, entrepreneurs, whoever it is, when we put out content, we ask too early. We ask for a sale. We ask them to go to our website. We ask them to do something. We shouldn't be doing it. That's wrong. The whole purpose of this book is to teach us how to deliver value to the marketplace through smaller micro pieces of content. Now, why do I say smaller micro pieces? What do I mean by that? Attention spans these days are a lot shorter. A good example of this is uh, from the Globe and Mail. I've been writing for Canada's national newspaper, the Globe and Mail, for about eight years now. And when I first started writing for the Globe and Mail, articles were between 1,200 and 1,500 words. Now, when I talk to my editor on a regular basis, my articles need to be 750 words or less. Usually the sweet spot is between 500 and 750 words. It's crazy because people just don't have the attention spans anymore. And I'm the same way. If I go through an article first, I see a headline, I like the headline, I'm intrigued, I'll scroll through the article first and see how long it is. If it's too long, I'm out of there. I might even be intrigued, I might want to read it, but I just don't have the time to give you anymore. How crazy is that? It's nuts. So your jabs, they need to be small pieces of content that people are willing to say yes to. People don't want to read essays. They want to get something in really quickly and they want to get out. They want to learn something fast and move on. Jabs also don't make demands. That's the biggest piece to take away here. Jabs don't ask for anything. Jabs are about giving, giving, giving. If you want to translate jab, 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 right hook, it's give, 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 and then ask. So what kind of value are you delivering to your marketplace? Are you giving them great content? And by great content, I mean, are you educating them? Are you teaching them something they don't know? Are you making them laugh? Are you entertaining them? Are you giving something to them that they take pleasure in? Maybe you're developing music or maybe you develop art and they just love what you do. Give them a lot of that first and then once you entertain them, when you make them laugh, when you educate them over a period of time, then ask for something. It's not about being selfish and saying, hmm, how can I utilize LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, Snapchat? How can I leverage all of these tools to drive sales or to drive eyeballs to my site? That's the wrong question to be asking. You need to be more strategic than that. And you need to ask yourself, how can we use these tools to entertain, to educate? And as a result of doing a damn good job at that, then we'll ask for something. But you got to kill it first in the very beginning. You have to help the marketplace first. Deliver value to the marketplace first and then ask for something in return. Jabs, by the way, they're also native. Now, what Gary means by that is that you can't just develop one piece of content for all social media platforms. It's not a one-size-fits-all. You have to take a very customized approach to each one. And I know the marketers out there, they might be getting angry at me saying, oh my God, I don't have time to develop custom content for everything. I'll just publish it across all platforms. 
Cool, you can go ahead and do that right on, but that doesn't mean you're going to be successful. You might feel like you're doing great and you might get a few likes here and there, but you'll be mediocre at best. You have to take a customized approach. And I'll go into the different ways you can approach each social media platform a little later on further into this episode. And finally, when you're thinking about jabs, jabs are not interruptive. If we want to talk to people while they consume their entertainment, we want to be the entertainment. Get what I'm saying there? We need to be the entertainment. So we need to be the ones out there making people laugh, making people cry, having people listen to us, having people learn from us. We need to be the entertainment. That's what it's about. So now that you know a little bit more about what jabs are and what right hooks are, let's keep going. Golden nugget number two. Which social media platform gets the most of our time? So which social media platform do we spend the most amount of time on? What do you think? Is it Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram? The average time spent on social networks were 10 minutes, LinkedIn. 17 minutes, Snapchat. 17 minutes, Twitter. 21 minutes for Instagram and Pinterest. 34 minutes for Tumblr. And the winner, 40 minutes, Facebook. At the start of 2016, Facebook had 1.59 billion monthly active users. That's over 20% of the global population. So that means that customers for just about every imaginable business can be found on Facebook. So for business-wise, it's funny. Everyone likes to go towards LinkedIn and not from Facebook. People say, oh, you know what? Facebook is just for family and friends, people looking at pictures. They don't really care about businesses there. Not true at all. Again, it's all on how you approach using Facebook. If you go on Facebook and you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to put a few call to actions out there and tell everybody about our business and to visit our website. Do you think people are going to give a damn about that? No, people don't give a damn about that. They don't care. And it's because you're using it wrong. At the end of this episode, you're going to know how to use it right. So I'll highly encourage a lot of you business folks out there who have written off Facebook and said Facebook is more for personal connection, not for business, to reconsider Facebook as an alternative for your business. A good takeaway for you to remember here, and this is something tweetable actually for you, behind every B2B is a C. We somehow forget that when we sell business to business, we're selling products to other businesses, we forget that they're also consumers and we can influence them, we can educate them, we can help them get to know, like, and trust us through different mediums that go beyond just LinkedIn or email. We can utilize Facebook for this as well too. Golden nugget number three. When is the best time to post on particular social media platforms? This is a question that a lot of people ask. And it's because they want to get the best result out of their investment. And again, their investment of time is being put into creating great content, coming up with creative tweets or creative posts, whatever it is. They want to make sure that the most people possible will see it. So we need to ask ourselves a question. When's the best time to post? As most of you know by now, based on my experience and my, my knowledge of different elements of marketing, sales, innovation, strategy, I like to include my own thoughts and my own experiences into this podcast to kind of beef up some of these books because there's some good content here, but I always like to bring my own perspective just to add a little bit more meat to it. So this is one of those examples right here where uh, I invested some time and some energy in speaking with a lot of different individuals, looking at different reports, and finding the best times to post on particular social media platforms. 
So let's start off with Facebook. People use Facebook at work, at home, on their mobile device, on their desktop. The best times to post on Facebook between noon and 1 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays, between 3 and 4 p.m. on Wednesdays, and between 1 and 4 p.m. on Thursdays and Fridays. That is your best time to post on Facebook. Twitter. Twitter is used at work and at home, usually during downtimes like commutes and breaks. The best times to post on Twitter, between noon and 3 p.m. on Mondays through Fridays, and between 5 and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. For all you LinkedIn junkies out there, LinkedIn is for professionals like you, and they tend to use it during work hours. So the best times to post on LinkedIn, between 7.30 and 8.30 a.m., at 12 p.m., and between 5 and 6 p.m. on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and also between 10 and 11 a.m. on Tuesdays. Now, we're getting into the nitty-gritty here on some of these things, but it's good to know. Pinterest. All right, now, the majority of Pinterest users are female and are most active in the evenings. So the best times to post, between 2 and 4 a.m. and evening hours every day. 5 p.m. on Fridays, between 8 and 11 p.m. on Saturdays. So I hope you're taking notes on this. The last one, Instagram. Instagram is meant for use on mobile devices, so users tend to use the network all the time, anytime. So the best times to post, anytime Monday through Thursday, except between 3 and 4 p.m. Now, all of these statistics, by the way, came from multiple sources. Um, I'll actually include the sources of that in the show notes page. comes from um, different sources such as Buffer App, Fast Company, Kissmetrics, Quicksprout.com, uh, Pew Interest, Sure Payroll, Huffington Post. So there's a lot of different research that went into finding the best times to post on social media. Now, to figure out when you should be posting on all these networks, it's really tough to tell. And as you can tell, it's very specific information. You need to think of this data as a general guideline and use it to help you find the optimal posting times for your business. You got to find what works for you. But this is a good guideline to keep in mind. Take down those notes and give it a try. Compare the times that I gave you to other times that you, know, you might generate yourself and see which one works best. Marketing is all about trial and error. Marketing is just a big test. So test out some of these assumptions and some of these data points that come from those companies that look deep into it and see how it works for your business. Golden nugget number four, certain types of posts perform over five times better than other posts. So if you use any type of social media platform in your marketing mix, in your business, you better damn well pay attention to this golden nugget and absolutely incorporate this top post into your approach immediately. All right, so there are six types of posts that you can create. I'll give you the posts from the least effective to the most effective. Coming in at last place, coupons and discounts. Really no surprise there. You're not giving away anything for free. You're just giving them a coupon, which they still have to use to buy something. And the reason to me why I think that's in last place is because you're still asking for something. Get this coupon that you can buy. No surprise there. All right, so one up from that, giveaways. Now, giveaways are a funny one because you think naturally, hey, I'm giving something away. People are going to buy into it, right? Not necessarily. 
The marketplace is very skeptical of companies these days. And they say, hey, they're giving something away for free, but what do I have to give in return for that? And honestly, sometimes just your information is too much because people don't want to be marketed to if they're not ready for it yet. All right, one up from giveaways, links. Probably the most common type of post you'll see are posts with a headline and a link in it. Nothing surprising there. You know, your headline to your blog post or to your article, and here's the link to go and read it. Cracking the top spot, videos. Videos that you see on YouTube or Vimeo. Now, people love videos because videos gives people an opportunity to see you, to hear you, to see your body language. It's a powerful medium. Now, I just read a very interesting statistic that said that Facebook videos are the most watched and are now actually being watched more than videos on YouTube and Vimeo. How crazy is that? So Facebook's getting on that video kick and they're kicking butt at it as well too. Cracking that top two spot, image posts. Now, obviously with the creation of Snapchat and Instagram, uh, Pinterest, people love image posts. Why? Again, just like videos, we're visual creatures. We love to see things. Now, image posts places above video posts because image posts don't take as long as videos to take in. So image posts are at number two. Now, cracking the top spot, what do you think that top post is? The best post you can make. What is it? Questions. Questions. Now, why are questions the top spot? Because when you ask for something, you say, oh, well, hold on a second, Ryan. You just told me that we can't ask for something. That's true. Don't ask them to buy your product. Don't ask them to go to your website. But ask them a question that will force them to respond to you. And why are questions there? Because people love to engage. People love to communicate. And people love to give their opinions. So ask people questions. Be a communicator. Asking questions gets people talking. And as you get people talking, you get more engaged. So that's why the best post you can make is a question. Why do you think Twitter got into creating polls? Because it asks people for their opinions and people love to give them. So here's something really interesting here. I gave you six post types. And out of those six, there's a post type that still exists that kicks the crap out of all six of those posts. So you might be saying, hold on a second, Ryan, you lied to me. You said there were six main post types. You gave me the six and said the questions were on the top, but something beats questions? You bet your ass it does. There's a post out there that you can make that polls five times better than a question post. Question posts combined with image posts resulted in an average of 616 interactions. Question posts that were text only received 144 interactions on average. That's terrible compared to when you combine it with an image. So, the takeaway here. You want to start doing really great posts? Ask questions and combine it with an image. So, a stupid example for you. What are you guys having for lunch today? And then maybe post a picture of somebody eating or post different options, you know, hot dogs, hamburgers, or French fries. Or what type of marketing platform did you use the most this week? And maybe you have a guy who's sitting there with his hand on his chin and you have cloud bubbles up there with the LinkedIn logo, the Twitter logo, the Facebook logo, whatever it is. Now, the question is, why does a question post combined with an image pull better than any others? Very simple to me. Number one, 
images, it's visual. It captures my attention. I'm there already. I'm locked on. You got my attention. It stands out more. And number two, with questions, questions forces me to be communicative with you. You're asking me a question. Hey, I want to give my opinion. You've gotten my attention already with the image. You're asking for my opinion. I'm already there, so I'll give you my opinion. Big takeaway here. In your posts, I want to see you this week using question posts combined with images. Start incorporating those on a regular basis and start to see people engaging with your brand a lot more often. Sick takeaway. I'm a big fan of this one and you will 100% see me using question posts and images a lot more frequently in my LinkedIn, in my Facebook, in my Twitter, my Instagram. Count on it. Golden nugget number five. Now, this one's a really important one to me, a really important one, because it's a mind shift change. A lot of companies see themselves as being one thing, and they, for some reason, ignore this fact here. Gold nugget number five is that all companies are media companies. Now, we're all media companies, or we should be thinking like media companies, rather. And the reason for that is that you need to be constantly putting out good content, Good content that's marketing, you guys. Peter Drucker said it best. There's two functions in business, innovation and marketing. To be great at marketing, you have to be great at putting out content. What do you think would happen if the New York Times started putting out content on a month-to-month basis and all of a sudden just stopped? And they said, you know, we're going to reevaluate the kind of content that we're going to put out. and We're not going to put out anything. Maybe we'll launch again in uh, Q4. What do you think would happen? Nobody would go to the New York Times anymore because the New York Times doesn't have anything interesting to share. They don't have anything interesting to say. And so what do you think would happen if in your business you just stopped creating content? Or what if you just didn't create content? You'd be sitting there in the boardroom asking yourself questions like, how do we drive leads? We're not getting enough leads. We're not getting enough traction. People aren't talking about our business. Our pipeline is drying up. What do we have to do? They sit there racking their brains, pulling their hair out of their heads. Ah, you know, we're so confused. It makes me laugh because it's so damn simple. Start thinking like a media company. Start thinking like the New York Times. Start thinking like the Globe and Mail. Start thinking like the Wall Street Journal. All these companies put out great content on a regular basis. You need to start thinking like a media company. I think about all the challenges and all the problems that people have with regards to growth and sales and marketing. And if they just thought like a media company and put out great content on a regular basis, they would have no problems with leads. They would have no problems with sales. They would have no problems with a dry pipeline. A dry pipeline wouldn't exist for them. They would have too many conversations going at once. They would have a tough time trying to figure out how the hell do we take in all these conversations and how do we take in all these meetings? Hey, I'll take that problem every day of the week. That's the kind of problem I like to have. Something to keep in mind as well too, as I close up this golden nugget, is that thinking like a media company is not new. It's something that's existed for so many years. Michelin ranked restaurants. That's been around for a long time. Now I love Michelin ranked restaurants. I love good food. I love good restaurants. And, um, My friends and I, we try to go to as many as possible. And uh, one of the last ones we went to was in Amsterdam. It was a a restaurant that featured molecular gastronomy. It was absolutely amazing. And I think that was a a two-star Michelin restaurant. So the story behind the Michelin-ranked restaurants is very fascinating. 
100 years ago, Michelin tires started reviewing rural restaurants to encourage people living in the cities to drive farther and wear their tires out more quickly to try these restaurants. How cool is that? They thought like a media company very early on, and it continues to persist today. Every single year, the best of the best restaurants want that Michelin rank, and when they lose it, it kills them. Literally, actually. I think somebody actually killed themselves because they lost a star on the Michelin uh, rankings. I'm not poking fun of that. I'm just saying how important the Michelin ranking has become in the world. And it's because Michelin tires thought a little bit more creatively. They thought like a media company. Here's one more story for you. Guinness, you know, the beer Guinness. Guinness created the Guinness Book of World Records to reinforce its brand and give people something to talk about in the pubs while they were drinking Guinness. They thought like a media company. They had a creative approach and they decided to run with it. And now, again, Guinness Book of World Records releases a new book every single year and you have people from all around the world trying to get into the Guinness Book of World Records. They thought like media companies and because of that, they stood out in the marketplace. What can you do? Think like Michelin. Think like Guinness. What can you do within your own company to drive consistent leads, to drive attention, to intrigue, compel, educate, make your marketplace laugh. Whatever it is you have to do, start thinking like a media company. You might not figure it out right away. You might not come out with something like a home run like the Michelin star rankings or the Guinness Book of World Records. Start slow. Think like the New York Times. Think like the Wall Street Journal, the Globe and Mail. Think like them and start just releasing content on a regular basis. And when you start to release content on a regular basis, start to look for different themes. And then maybe one day you can come up with that big idea that you can take forward in the marketplace and that persists for years and years down the road. Think like a media company and start publishing content on a regular basis. All right. And finally, golden nugget number six. What's the best approach to take with each social media platform? So earlier when I referenced the term native, what Gary meant by that was using the right form of content for the right platform. So now let's take into consideration all the different types of platforms and the type of content that works best on each platform. And again, this is all trial and error. Like I said earlier as well too, marketing is all a test. Try these approaches out and see if they work for you. This is based on some of the experience that Gary's bringing to the table. And like I said, when Gary talks, I listen because the man is very smart and he's very good at what he does. All right, so let's start off with Facebook. Story tell with Facebook. Facebook gives us the opportunity to have longer updates, some photos, some videos. It's a great place where we can tell some detailed stories. What you need to do, though, is learn how to tell great stories. There's just too many crappy stories out there being told about your business. This is how great we are. and This is how great the experience was that our client had. And this is why they come back to us. Nobody gives a damn about those stories. There's no emotion involved. They're not told well. It's just a puff piece that people in your company love to hear. But anybody outside of your company doesn't give a damn. So learn how to tell great stories. A great way to do that is just do a little bit of stimulus mining. Go out there and find people who are great at telling stories in the business context. Go on YouTube and look up videos from Seth Godin. Look up videos from Malcolm Gladwell. Both gentlemen are great at telling a fantastic story. So before you start telling stories, figure out how to do it first and uh, start there. I think it's a good place for you to go. Next up, Instagram. 
you want to create art with Instagram because this social network is a visual-centric platform that has what's called baked-in utility, meaning that it's really good at what it's supposed to do, which is help you take better mobile photographs. And obviously what I'm talking about is the filters. So get creative. Get creative with your photographs. What can you do to take a really good picture that really is appealing to the eye? That's what Instagram's all about. I know that some people, they like to Photoshop different things and they might have different quotes, for example, and put a nice backdrop on there. Those are good too. Those are good too. But be creative. Let your creativity loose on Instagram. The key here though is not just to create good photographs, but it's to also utilize the right hashtags. By using descriptive hashtags, it'll unlock your photo to other users all around the world. I can't tell you how many times I see somebody find my content and like it from different areas around the world or follow me from different areas around the world because of a hashtag. You know, they searched sales uh, hashtag, they searched a marketing hashtag or whatever it is. Try to find the top hashtags and put them into your, um, into your Instagram posts. Next up, Twitter. With Twitter, you want to listen. Twitter gives us a very rare opportunity to inject ourselves into conversations that people are having with one another. The search function is one of the most underutilized tools that marketers just ignore. It's incredibly important because what it's going to do is it's going to allow you to engage with people who are having conversations about things that might be related to your product, might be related to your service, your marketplace, a particular role, whatever it is, it gives you an opportunity to listen and respond. Now, again, what worries me with Twitter is that you're going to respond in a way that's very tacky. Don't be tacky about it. Don't go in there and if someone's talking about marketing, say, hey, come visit our website. Would you do that in real life? If you heard two people having a marketing conversation, would you walk up to them, poke your head in and say, guys, I hear you talking about marketing. Come visit my website and then walk away. I certainly hope not. And if you do, you have terrible social skills and you really need to work on that. With Twitter, Picture yourself as if you were doing real-life networking. Introduce yourself. Ask them some questions. Again, ask them questions is a great piece. Remember what we said before, the posts that get the most interaction are the ones that ask questions. Ask people questions. Start engaging with them. Be a human being for crying out loud. And that's one of the best ways to utilize Twitter is having conversations, but first listening. Next up, Pinterest. So Pinterest's market is dominated by women. 80% of users on Pinterest are women. So if you're marketing, if you're selling towards women, chances are you should be on Pinterest. Questions to ask yourself. Does your picture feed the consumer dream? Did you give your board a creative, clever title? Is the image that you posted easily categorized so that people don't have to think too hard about where to repin it on their own boards? Did you include the price where appropriate? Now there's an opportunity for you to throw an ask in there. If you put out enough really good posts, you might want to throw an ask in there once in a while. And again, this is how you can generate some sales, generate leads. There's nothing wrong with putting out an ask out there if you've put out enough good content on Pinterest. Does your pin look so good that it could double as an advertisement or act as an accompanying photo for an article featured in a top magazine, for example? Because that's the kind of quality that you're going after there. So you might want to learn how to use Photoshop. You might want to leverage a tool such as Canva, canva.com, that's C-A-N-V-A. With Pinterest, you really want to glam it up with Pinterest. Make your posts really attractive and make it easy to pin. And finally, my favorite, 
with LinkedIn, you want to get connected on LinkedIn. There's so many opportunities for you to network and get connected to different people. You can do it really well or you can do it really crappy. The really crappy people on LinkedIn, what they do is they just go ahead and they start connecting with a whole bunch of random people just to up their numbers and that's it. They don't care. There's some really great ways to get connected and some of the best ways, again, let's remember some of the basics that we learned earlier. Asking questions is a great way to do that. Go inside of groups. There are millions of people on groups. If you can post questions there, post polls, you can ask people questions and start a dialogue with other professionals in your own industry. That's incredibly valuable. Start a group yourself and a group will allow you to connect with people and they'll be in your group. You can see who's joined. You can connect with them on a regular basis. If you're an entrepreneur, you have to have a company page. A company page is so valuable. It's so valuable that even I created a company page for Cut the Crap Podcast. So if you're on LinkedIn, go to Cut the Crap Podcast company page and follow me on there. And again, the reason why you want to do that is it gives you a channel where you can communicate directly with people who are interested in your product, in your service, in the value you deliver, in the approach you take to business, your philosophy. LinkedIn is one of my most favorite tools for business because there's just multiple ways to get connected with people. All right, and there we have it. Jab, 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 right hook by Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, This one was a pretty good read. It wasn't the best marketing book that I've ever read. And to be honest with you, there weren't that many takeaways from it. I think if you were new to social media, this book would be perfect for you because it gives you a very high level introduction to the different platforms that exist and how to use them. But if you have a little bit of experience in these areas, which many folks do, then it doesn't really add a lot of value. So with this podcast in particular, like I do with all the others, I took more of my own experiences, some of my own knowledge, and incorporated into the podcast so that I know that there's more value in it. Because if I sit here and I didn't do that, I would feel terrible about putting out essentially a half-assed product. I know that what you're looking for is insights, you're looking for information, you're looking for ways to become better at sales, marketing, innovation, strategy, management, and uh, I do have a lot of experience, not only because I've done a lot and had a lot of different positions in innovation, strategy, and so on, but I also read a lot of books, obviously. So if I can start piecing together different pieces of information and provide it to you in the right context, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. And so uh, I feel like this podcast, I had to save it because if I didn't bring my own expertise to it, it would come out a little bit thin and uh, you probably wouldn't be a big fan of this one. So hopefully you're a fan of this episode and you don't mind me interjecting a little bit more of my, uh, my own experiences into this one. Just a quick reminder for you as we're wrapping this thing up, go to cutthecrappodcast.com and sign up for your weekly mind map. The weekly mind map will be sent out to you. You can look at it as you listen to the podcast, make notes on it, save it for future reference. It's just a great tool that I use, so I want to share it with you. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. I'll catch you back here next week with a brand new business book and brand new golden nuggets. Until then, take it easy. If you want to be great, not good, not also grand, not second, not third. If you want to be great, the very best at what you do, obsession is a necessity. 
Once you have that magnificent obsession, once you question impossible to two kids, then when somebody like that tells you you can't do something, you have chosen the wrong one to tell something like that to. I will show you, I will show you what I can do. I will show you, I will turn your I can't, I will never, I won't, it's impossible. I will turn it around and I will show you that I can do anything.